Hello, and welcome to this episode of Sticky Note Marketing. I'm your host, Mary Zarnecki, and today I am so excited to be able to introduce you to Lindsay Anderson. Lindsay is a master business coach. She's a lead generation and conversion expert. She's a author, a podcast host, and she has got some gold nuggets to share with us today all about chat GPT and how to get those people off social and actually into our business and to paying clients. So welcome, Lindsay. So happy you're here for this episode. Mary, thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I know chat GPT AI is on everyone's minds these days and probably will be for at least uh, the next few years. So what are you hearing now from the folks that you work, from the coaches that you're mentoring in terms of what's working and where are people getting most hung up? Yeah. So what's working now? I think it's easiest to explain both the problem, which is ChatGPT doesn't really sound like me. It sounds like a whole bunch of bot generated text. And how am I supposed to use ChatGPT to actually create content that will attract right fit clients into my programs or into my business? And so I solve that with what I call the 20-60-20 rule of, of using ChatGPT. And this is all about the expectations that you're giving ChatGPT, Mary. So first is 20%. Know that you're going to put 20% of work into crafting really context-rich prompts. See, the thing is, ChatGPT doesn't know what you want it to be. It could be a history teacher. It could be a mom, or it could be a professional marketing expert and working for you. And so you really want to take time to give ChatGPT really amazing prompts. So just as a, just so you know, like my prompts are a good 50 lines long. And the more context you give ChatGPT, the better the results will be. So that's your first 20%. And then on that, if you're organized and you store these prompts, you can cut that down a little bit, okay? The next is going to be 60%. This is where we can do a lot of cheerleading because ChatGPT will do 60% of the work for you. And it will output human-like text. It will gather all of the info from all of the internet and gather this text and deliver it directly to you. And it is good for brainstorming. It's great for outlines. It's great for really setting up a structure for whatever you want to create. But then you can't forget that last 20%, which is you got to read it. ChatGPT is notorious for being a big fat liar. Okay. And you want to make sure that it is in line with what you want to say and you want to go and kind of edit it. Maybe there's a couple of words in there that you don't really use, or you want to add a special call to action or whatever it is that is your vibe. Take that last 20% before you send it off to the world. But if you go into ChatGPT with a good, uh, expectations, you can get so much more out of it. I think what you highlighted too, though, is so important, right? It's like the sandwich, right? Those 20 and 20 on the ends, right? The the value that it's able to help us with, right? Accelerating how fast we can create content, maybe brainstorming content that we might not have thought of, that white screen with the blinking cursor, right? What we all yes. content hate. When it comes to those prompts, I love how you highlighted the fact that really what we put in is going to dictate what we put, you know, what we get out of it. If someone is using, for example, this as specifically trying to do lead generation, so bringing new audience members <clears throat> into their world, right, generating leads for new clients, 
what are some things that they need to make sure that they're including in those prompts? Yeah. So Mary, I have a whole, I call it the direct hit content formula. And so if you're creating content, here are the four things that you got to go into ChatGPT with. Okay. The first one is you want to give ChatGPT how, who, who it is. Okay. What did you, what do you want ChatGPT to be? So Hey, ChatGPT, act as if you are a professional marketing expert that uses only top-level, non-spammy marketing techniques. You got to tell ChatGPT who it's acting like. Next, you're going to give it your expertise because really this is how you're going to stand out above all those other people that are just really good at using ChatGPT and you, it's your expertise. I am an expert in helping coaches build and monetize profitable, highly profitable coaching businesses and generate and create right fit clients to their coaching businesses utilizing XYZ, okay? Then the third thing you've got to give it is who, what I call your one true client. You want to put in there, I serve, and then you give ChatGPT all of the information about one true client of yours, somebody who is in your experience that you have helped, that has paid you what you want to be paid, has the transformation that you have promised, and is really, if you could find cookie cutter client versions of this person, you would be pretty happy. So give ChatGPT all of the information about your one true client. And then the final thing you give ChatGPT is a command. Create me five clickbaity titles for a Instagram reel that addresses the problems of my one true client. Now, one quick tip on that command piece, ChatGPT works best if you work in an iterative approach. If you say, give me the title and the caption and all the hashtags and everything else, it's not going to give you very good output. So treat it iteratively, give it a good command, go in with the direct hit content formula, and you'll see that ChatGPT can actually start sounding a lot like you. I love that. So clear framework. We need to make sure we're giving them these elements in these prompts. And then you mentioned something there at the end, I think was, which was great was the iterative, right? So yes. guys uh, listening and watching this episode, this is where you pull out that sticky note, right? That's why we say sticky note marketing. These are all the things we want to be writing down there, right? It has to be iterative. Yeah. yeah. And along those lines, just one more piece of advice. Like I just call the, I call ChatGPT the VA that you never have to pay. But along with that comes talking with ChatGPT like you would a team member. You wouldn't expect a team member to read your mind, understand the context, understand what you want from it. And if ChatGPT comes back with some crappy content or an angle that you don't necessarily like, like, you just have to ask it, okay? Hey, actually, can you take it from this angle? I actually want to double down on this pain point that people can't get in right get in front of high quality leads on social media and then give it a chance to give you back a different angle and what you expect. Well, and I think that's what I'd love to ask next is, so you mentioned, you know, I want to get in front of a high quality audience on social and I want to actually not just have them watch my, like you said, reels on social that I've been able to now create more effectively and more efficiently, but I want to turn them into a client. Yes. when you're hearing that from people, what are some of the first things that you would encourage someone to, to do? 
Okay. So first of all, yes, reels are great for attracting an audience, but there's a couple of other things you must be posting on social media in order to turn those social media followers into clients. You must be posting client testimonials all the time in story form, in written form, toot your own horn and get really, really used to it. Because if people cannot see themselves, if people can see themselves in your client stories, then they will come and work with you. And so you have to be posting that several times a week on social media. Next, I call this my VEMS model, by the way, Mary. I have a model for everything, okay? So your vibe, your vibe. You wanna be putting your own personality out there. People work with people. And if you're just showing up to social media all buttoned up, then you're just a bot. You're part of the bot apocalypse. So do you read? What's important to you? What can you bring in that's a little bit more of a personal approach to social so people can know, like, and trust you? So you have vibe, you have experience, those testimonials that I talked about, methodology, how do you help people? Do you have a plan or do I come to you and it's all guesswork? You want to be putting your methodology, how you help people. Hey, it took me 20 years to develop this methodology. I've cried all the tears so you don't have to cry them. Okay. Like this kind of thing. And then finally your skills. How exactly do you help people? So you have to be putting these online instead of just like random reels. And then there's one more piece, Mary, and I know we have talked about this, and that is you can't do what's called a content drop and run. This is a social media platform, social, okay? You need to be interacting with comments, interacting with other people on the platform, interacting with people who watch your stories and developing real conversations with people. And when you go into social media like that, you can attract high quality clients. I love that. And yeah, I mean, you you follow your own advice, right? So your methodology, you've got the men's model, you've got the models that you shared previously, and I think that's so important for anyone listening or watching this to, to really wrap their mind around is that having a system, having something that is repeatable, but also that you can bring value to someone so that they can learn how to do this again and again, I think is, is just such an important part of building any business. So yes, fantastic. So when you're thinking about, you know, the next step, so say someone is listening to this, they're like, I've got it. I've got my sticky notes. I'm executing, I'm generating content. I'm doing the 20, 60, 20, I'm reaching people the right way. I'm effectively implementing them. What's the next thing? What, what do people usually fall into? What's the next pitfall where they might get stuck? Yeah. So there's two things I would love to share with you. So the first is, and this is something that's got to go on your sticky note. Okay. Consistency is king. They used to say content is king and it is, but I'm going to lower it to the queen. Okay. Because consistency is king. And that's from two different angles. First of all, your audience on social media, if you run your social media in fits and spurts, you kind of like post for a month and then you're off for a month and then, okay, now I'm remotivated and I post for a month and then I'm off for a month, your audience will be really affected by that. And so it's in your best interest that instead, of, well, actually, hold on. There's one more thing that you will benefit from and that is the social media algorithms when you're consistent, Okay. Social media algorithms, if you are consistently posting, I'm not just talking about a month here, guys. I'm talking about like a year or a hundred days kind of thing. When you do that, the social media algorithms will 
grant you with more of an audience because you are a content creator and that is the business they are into. And so if those algorithms see that you're serious, they will start trusting you with more of an audience. So from both sides, consistency is so, so important. And along with that, okay, I would say consistency is more important than the perfect social media post. You mentioned, Mary, that where where is their next hangup? And it's, oh, I'm so excited. I'm posting my VEMS. I do it for two weeks. Nothing happens. And so I stop. That is definitely everyone's hangup. And so instead of saying, okay, this social media post is going to be the thing that brings me clients. This is so good. And I worked like eight hours on this thing and it's amazing. Spoiler alert. It's not. Okay. All of this works together and you want to instead view and getting so emotionally attached to one post, you actually want to view this is one post in a hundred that will actually be giving me the result that I want. And so stop worrying so much about it being perfect. Done is good enough and it's way more important to be consistent than to have this perfect post. I promise you focus on that first. Now, does that make sense, Mary? hundred percent. Yeah. And if everyone did not write done is good enough down, do it now. <laughs> it's good enough. And like you are in your own head about this stuff. I promise you, like you are way more particular than anyone reading this. And as you practice, right, more consistent with practice, your content will just get better naturally. So you may as well put in those 10,000 reps. Okay. And get really good. And like, this is one more in 10,000 that I actually need to do. I don't mean to scare everybody with the word 10,000, but it'll be faster than that. I promise. I think you're referring to right. The, the mastery requirement, right? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. And then a little tidbit, a little, a little piece of advice. So a lot of people will do this and then they'll wonder, well, I can't enroll anybody into my programs or into my services. And so here is my best tip, the number one marketing asset that I have invested in. And that is what I call an invite only event. And so what I recommend to your listeners is that they develop a webinar. And this is like a 51 minute masterclass. It sets you up as an expert. Okay. You're not selling anything particular. You are talking to people about their problems. You're answering some problems, but you're opening up like, Hey, when you get even farther down on this problem, you're going to experience things you've never even thought of. And they're going to be like, Oh, okay. And you set yourself up as an expert on this thing. And then you invite the right people to what I call an enrollment call. And then once you're on the enrollment call, then you prescribe. Okay. There is not typically a one size fits all program for people and you're missing sales. You're missing the opportunity to talk to people. You're missing the opportunity to co-create something that will actually work for people by just selling them something on a webinar. So set yourself up as an expert, invite people to an enrollment call. And the best part about creating an invite only event that sets you up as an expert is that this thing is rinse and repeat mine. I've given like a hundred times. I don't have to prep for it. I know what to expect from it. And I'm like way better at giving it than I ever was the first 10 times. Typically people do what's called the throw spaghetti at the wall marketing technique where they're okay. Here's a masterclass. And I gave it 
and nobody signed up for an enrollment call. And like, it's because it's the first time you gave it. Like, it's not going to be that great. I promise the second time will be 50% better and on and on and on. And you can perfect this marketing webinar and you can pull this thing out anytime. You can pull it out online and invite People, your followers, if you have a follower, say, hey, I'm giving a masterclass. If you'd like to come, I'll share a link with you. You can give it at live events. And it's just this amazing marketing asset in your back pocket that you can pull out anytime that speaks to your perfect customers and invites them to an enrollment call. That's my biggest thing that I would recommend people really uh, invest in. Well, I think it's such a brilliant idea because, you know, as a service provider, if you're a coach, right? we can't put our services on a little cheese platter and hand it out for samples. And people don't like risk. Human beings don't like risk. We talk about this in marketing all the time. You have to give guarantees. You have to, you know, give people confidence in the decision that they're making. And I think that's just such a great example of a, a really good way, not only for you to make people connect with you on an emotional level, right? Know, like, and trust you, but you're kind of giving them samples, right? You're giving a sample of, the kind of value, the kind of impact that you can make for them. So I love that idea of the invite only. Fantastic. Yes. And I also just wanted to dig in. I know we're getting close to time here, but wanted to just one last question for you, for our audience here. You mentioned that consistency, right? So not only the consistency in posting, right? And letting go of that perfection, I think holds a lot of people back that, that feeling of, oh, this reel has to be perfect. And I didn't quite put the copy on there, right? Right. Done is better than perfect. Get it out there, be consistent. But you also really highlighted the fact that you do this presentation and you've done it and you've gotten better at it, right? If someone here is listening and says, okay, I did it, but I didn't like it. What would you say to them, right? What would you say to, well, how could they make small changes instead of tossing the whole thing out and starting over? Yeah, I really just recommend like an iterative approach to things, okay? So you don't want to be, you know, like if you've settled on a title, like the title is the most important thing for these, okay? And then really, here's the quick layout for you. You want to open up this thing with a mindset. Hey, you're thinking about your problem all wrong and you tell them why. Some sort of mindset, your beliefs are wrong, whatever it is. And then it's simple. You outline, you have these three problems and you give them one tip for each problem, okay? And then that last problem, be like, hey, I would love to solve this for you. It's actually better solved on a phone call. And if you do this and you only give them one tip for every problem that they have that you're addressing in this webinar, you're not going to be over-delivering. You're not going to be doing this. So if we go back to an iterative approach and you're following the strategy that I just lined out, then maybe instead of changing the title and absolutely everything and trying something different, you modify the three problems. Or you say something like, this is actually what we do. We say, if you didn't like it, We have to figure out what you don't like. So was it how many people attended or did you have good attendance? Was it how many people did or didn't get on an enrollment call? Or or, so maybe it's a problem with your sales pitch. Or were the people that got on an enrollment call totally not right fit clients, tire kickers, and people who said not now, maybe later. So investigate the problem that you actually had on the invite only event and 
tweak it. So if you didn't get enough enrollment calls, keep everything else the same and instead perfect your pitch for the enrollment call. And just as a highlight to circle back to the first of our interview, Mary, ChatGPT can help you with all this, with the ideas. What are the problems? How can I improve my sales pitch? Everything you can ask ChatGPT to really get some insight to perfect this thing. That is such a good point. So bringing it all around. I love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us here today. I know that you answered a ton of questions that people probably had in their mind. They may have more questions and I know they're going to want to learn more and engage more with you. What is the best place for people to connect with you online? Yes. So the best people, plus way for people to connect with me online is head to my website, lindsayacom There's a a plethora of free resources. There's a quiz, there's a PDF, there's my very own masterclass. And you can follow me on any of the social medias, Instagram, TikTok at the.lindsay.anderson. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And thank you. See everyone on the next episode of Sticking Up Marketing. Cheers.